Hi and welcome to Nuance Podcast with Logan and Yuzha, where we seek to unpack the subtleties of the human experience and get back to the basics of genuine human connection. Through conversation, we can define the fundamentals of a perspective, the foundation of an opinion, and anything else we find interesting. Follow us as we follow our curiosity and enjoy the episode. Hi, Yuzh. Hi, honey. Before we get into the episode, I just wanted to quickly acknowledge the table that we are currently podcasting on. Now, this was one of our, this is our old dining table that we bought for like 80 bucks from Savers. <laughs> and it has been sitting outside since we moved house. And we recently took it down, sanded it off and repainted it. Yeah, it's beautiful. And it's in two halves. You've got one half, I've got the other half. Mm. And we've got two totally different artistic pieces. <laughs> it's really beautiful. <laughs> yeah, we, we love it. Absolutely love it. I love, love it. that they're completely different. Yeah. But essentially, they mean the same thing. Yeah, exactly. Mm. And it's funny how um, we both sit at the sides of the table and the... The kind of illustration that we've both gone for is some kind of fans out. Yeah, it's like it emanates from <laughs> from us yep. at the side of the table. Really cool. Mm. Anyway, I just wanted to acknowledge that I love this table. Yeah, uh, and I'm really really proud of our of our artwork here. And the pictures on our Instagram. Yeah, Logan yeah. In your job. We put that on there. Um, so I just wanted to get into it now. Now we've touched on this over the last couple of episodes. And I think I want to go a bit more into depth on it mm-hmm. because it's really important. It's a big part of who we are as people and it's part of the belief systems that we've both adopted uh, for for both for likely different reasons or for at least they the, the path to where we are now has been shaped differently. So, and that, that is our spirituality yeah. and those beliefs that we hold dear and that have provided us with a bit of a framework for getting through the tough times that we find ourselves in at the moment because they have been a big help absolutely yeah. and it's a really heavy loaded topic it's so loaded there's so much in it we're not going to be able to get through everything but we can no. at least start to try Just and have a conversation about it yeah so first i guess we'll start with defining what spirituality means to us and then we can try and get into it from there yeah let's do it so what is spirituality to you to me, it's not something separate. It's something that's a way of being. It's something that happens internally, something that I can't see. It's that invisible energy, energetic part of me, my soul, my spirit, my intuition. The things that happen internally that guide me and drive me in my human waking life. Things that help me get through. It's hope, it's faith, it's trust, it's honesty. All of those the values and morals that I use to to live my life. Yeah, I get for that. me, for me, that's that's that. Yeah, well, for me, like spirituality is, it is it is a way of life. It's not just simply a a couple of beliefs that you hold mm. and then and then you don't utilize. It's something that it's a connectedness. Yeah, it's an acknowledgement of the underlying fabric beneath our perception that everything that we do perceive emanates from. That to me is fundamentally what spirituality is. Yeah. And from that connectedness comes those those moral virtues and those positive, loving, empathetic, compassionate emotions and states of being. Yeah. And that's what we generally strive for. And I think a, a lot of what we as a human race strive to achieve are those virtues and those values that are embedded within that spiritual connectedness beneath all. Mm. So that to me is kind of the, the fundamental, what spirituality means to me. How did you come about that that definition? Was there a point in your life that there was a kind po- of shone through? There was a point that really uh, broke open that the whole world to me. Mm. Um, and I looked into it, but it was that that was that point was when I finished university and I had to went through a couple of family dramas mm. and forced me to stop and reflect yeah. on my life and what I wanted to do going forward, as I briefly touched on in the last episode. Um, but beyond that, I was geared that way. In my, with my upbringing, it was very uh, mum was very strong with her beliefs, her spiritual beliefs. And so we were brought up believing in the spirit world, uh, you know, believing in the power of crystals and angels and you know, a lot of that, I guess, virtuous, those good morals were, we were, we were raised with them. 
that came that come out of that spiritual world. You had a few experiences where you could hear spirits when you were younger. Yeah, when I was younger, I guess I don't know. Maybe I had less inhibitions. Mm. I was more. Maybe I was more open. Or I was. You're just, very open. I, I'm person. very open now, but I was less. Maybe I was less afraid. I mean, I was terrified when I'd hear noises <laughs> or sense things. But I don't know. For some for some reason, I don't get those experiences as much now as what I once did. That's interesting. Yeah, and I'm not sure if it's because I've closed myself off to them because of the fear mm. of not being able to see something but feeling something's presence there. Because, um, yeah, there were, there were times when... The, the biggest one I can remember is I was laying in bed trying to go to sleep mm. and then I just had this overwhelming feeling that something was about to walk into my room and stand next to me from the room next to my room. Yeah. So I was going to come through the wall. It was the weirdest thing. I just had this, it was this knowing that it was, it wasn't even like I had an idea that something popped into my head and I was using my imagination. It was just this, I knew it that was going to happen. And sure enough, immediately after that thought finished, something, this, this energy started pulsating and getting stronger and stronger and stronger. And I could feel it coming from the room beside mine. Mm. I didn't hear footsteps or anything. It was just this intense energy. Wow. That's all I can describe it as. Yeah. And I had my back to it. Yeah. <clears throat> and when it got right next to me, it was my ears were screech, like ringing so loud. I, could, I just couldn't hear anything. It was just this, this like a screaming pitch. And all the hairs on my body were standing up. Gosh. My breathing was like... So was Choked. it was it as as scary? It was terrifying. Yeah. It was, but that that's what's difficult when I look back on these moments. And it's yeah. probably good to be able to be connected to that potential other realm. Mm. And it's something that I wouldn't mind attempting to get back into eventually. Yeah. But the feeling of knowing that something's there but not being able to see what it is, uh, very human, non-surrender. <laughs> like no, I know you're there, but I don't want a bar of whatever you are because I can't see you. Yeah. It's freaking me out. It's a very, a very human emotion. And I think yeah. from those, like I had a couple of moments like that and I shut down my ability to be able to connect through that. I used to be able to just lay in bed or sit somewhere and just quiet everything and then really give all my like human focus to whatever I was listening to. Mm. And I could pick up on a whole bunch of different sounds. Wow. Yeah. And when we were, when I was young, like early primary school yeah we lived behind a cemetery and i used to hear footsteps constantly oh it was and you know i think i was even used to them at the time i don't know if they scared me so much then because then it was only footsteps so we had this really thick carpet in the bedroom yeah. and so or in just in general throughout the whole house and so when someone walks on the carpet you could really hear it getting compressed the sound of the footsteps sure. and yeah, I just, probably the most vivid one I remember was genuinely, I thought it was the cat or something. It was like these quiet, soft, slow footsteps yeah. that were coming sort of from my bedroom door yeah, right. over towards the bed. And I was like, oh, like, oh hi, Whiskey, like the, our cat at the time. And I turned the light on because I was all excited because the cat usually stayed with my sister yeah. and slept with her. And I'm like, oh my God, he's chosen me tonight. I've been selected. <laughs> I <have> chosen <laughs> um, And I turned the light on and there was nothing there. Oh, and I was like, Oh. That's scary. Yeah, well, I mean, now it kind of is. I think at the time it didn't bother me that much. Yeah. That's weird. Did you think maybe it was just you thought it was in your head? Or you just can't no. let it go? I think. Because when we're younger, I think we move past things a lot quicker. We let things go a lot easier. Well, yeah. But like I said, I was also brought up on the idea of the spirit world and that there, are, there is spirit. Sure. And people, when people die, that's not it. Yeah. You do go into some kind of afterlife and you can connect to our physical human realm mm. where we reside in at the moment and so I, I had those beliefs and I think I had that awareness that it was likely some spirit I didn't get any eerie feelings back then mm. like it was just someone was walking yeah at least I can't I can't remember feeling terrified it's all right it's probably the you know that it's an eerie feeling if you feel because it we remember how we felt yeah generally our memories are what we we felt at the time yeah, we, we connect so, a lot stronger with yeah. the emotional memory. So if you didn't, yeah. So if you didn't feel like it was a negative energy, then you. No. It I, I remember. I remember the event just because it was like these disembodied footsteps. Mm. But uh, I don't have an emotion connected to it, so I, I can't imagine it was a, a strong emotional thing for me. Like like what it was when I, 
like I said, I, I felt that there was an energy that was about to come through and stand right beside me. Mm. That was like pure terror. Yeah. But it was human terror. It wasn't terror or negativity because of the the, the energy was emanating this the negative, negative. Yeah, sure. emotion towards me. Mm. It, it might have been very positive. Yeah. It could have been an angel. It was massive, whatever it was, mm. but it could have been something really beautiful and positive and there to communicate with me or something. I'm not sure. Yeah. But the very human emotion of fear yeah. blocked me from receiving anything. And it also, I think, was what blocked me from receiving any information or using any of those spiritual senses. Do you reckon if you didn't block, your life would be different and you connected... <sighs> See, that's an interesting question. I, because when I went through, when I went through that really tough time after university and I, I, I had the choice to blame everyone else around me for why I was in such a shit situation. Yeah. Um, or I take responsibility for myself and be accountable that I put myself in this situation. I need to understand myself and I need to understand what it is that I value and how I want to live my life. Mm. And how I want to take part in the choices that I make and not just go with the flow. Because mm. in, in a sense, you go with the flow, but consciously. <laughs> I don't want to unconsciously go with the flow. Yeah, yeah. Um, so when I was really learning about spirituality and, and finding how it fit in with my life and my personality, my the way I think, uh, I was becoming inspired and following a lot more my intuition and allowing the events in my life to unfold mm. so that as I experienced things, I would be present with them yeah. and conscious about the aspects of that experience so that I could really take stock of what was happening and I could go forward making the best informed decision that I could and that I was responsible for my own logic in, in why I've gone forward in such a way if that sort of makes sense so i guess back when i was younger and i was literally experiencing these potentially spiritual phenomenon (laughs) like i was i was i was feeling spirit with me Mm. it's less about that i might have shut off that ability Mm. out of fear because i can't see it and i don't know what that is that's in my presence right now Mm. like that fear of the unknown it's a very human thing. And instead of that now, I have a more heightened sense of, I guess, intuition. Or I'm a bit more in tune with you know what feeling what like. to do. Feel, yeah. yeah, feeling what is right. Yeah. And going with that. And so like how I sort of incorporate that at the moment is if I'm, I'm just going about my day as normal... Mm. If there's a task that I need to do, but I really don't want to do it, I listen to that and I don't do that task. And I think, well, what are, what are my options then? What can I do today? And then I, I kind of go with the one that just feels that I feel ready to do. And funnily enough, when I surrender like that to what my options are and I really allow myself to be guided, it you think that, oh, well, when it comes to doing housework or something, you're always going to put that off. Mm. Who wants to do housework? No one wants to do housework. <laughs> let alone if you give yourself the option to not do housework. There are actually times when I feel motivated to vacuum or clean the bathroom or go and do the dishes. It's just not always. And it's just allowing my, myself to be guided by those strong internal feelings that guide me towards what it is that I should be doing at that moment in time. So that, I think, is how I've become more attuned to that as opposed to literally physically connecting with some being yeah. that I just can't sure. see, sure. if that makes sense. It does, yeah. How, how do you find, when I talk about that, mm. does that resonate with anything in your experience? I think I may have had a few feelings like that when I was younger, but they're vague, they're very, they're still blurry. Like as in you felt the feeling presence of, of something. Yeah, yeah, the presence. I've always, I've always felt the presence of my angel with me, always. I always felt like I was... There was someone with me, a spirit, a guardian, someone that's in armor, standing next to me and guiding me. But I, I didn't really fully comprehend. I always felt the presence. I didn't have a vision of it. I, haven't, I didn't have a visual of it. I didn't know what it was, but I always felt safe in some way, shape or form. I never really felt afraid. When I started meditating, 
after when was it after my breakdown I had this experience where I was being taken my guardian angel stood next to me pretty much gave me wings and we flew together and that was a really surreal feeling because it wasn't I wasn't guiding it it was like how you were saying it wasn't you creating the thought it was just happening you just knew that it was happening and I just knew that it was happening we were flying above the ocean we were going under the water and flew up again up above the clouds like it was insane it was surreal and it was such a beautiful moment then sounds amazing so amazing the colors and everything were just so transient is that the word luminescent or (laughs) it's something like transcendent it was something that when you you can't even explain it in human words it was just we don't know the vocabulary for a lot of this stuff no we don't but we we can't possibly when it's something so outside so unknown to us in terms of like visual it's hard because you're describing feelings too yeah it's hard to (laughs) quantify a feeling with our such basic vocabulary a lot of the time even though we have really beautiful words in our vocab it's it's still not it doesn't doesn't do do it justice justice. it's like when you're looking at a beautiful landscape and take a picture with your phone and it's just oh it just doesn't do it justice (laughs) and so often when we try and describe spiritual experiences or even just these big amazing uh, moments Mm. like you have the visions and the feelings and the emotions you get it's hard to actually explain them just straight like me talking to you right now it's hard to explain that and a lot of, we have to use like metaphors or similes to, or analogies <laughs> to be like, it was like this. This is how it was, yeah. I can't tell you exactly what it was like it was because like I don't have the words for it. It was like that times a thousand, times a million. <laughs> yeah, it's really, really difficult. But no, it's amazing because you've told me about that vision and it seems so vivid and strong. It, it was... I still... I've, every detail is still in my head. And that doesn't happen all with all of my meditation experiences. There's only a handful. How early in your spirit... Because you, it was when you were at that depression, that low, mm. that all-time low, that you made that that change yeah. to come away from your very human nature and that very Ego. human state of depression. Mm. And you chose to come out of that into a, pursue a more spiritual journey, a more spiritual path. Yep. Like you said, you always were somewhat geared towards that. Yeah. Growing up when you were younger, you had those feelings. Mm-hmm. But it, it took that sort of moment for you to realise... It cracked me open. It really... It shone through another way of life, which was spirit, a spiritual way of life. I was asleep before that. It's like I was... I blocked that whole... That whole realm away. I was just living a human life. Purely human. And I thought it was great until I did go overseas and I did kind of feel what it felt like to be on my own and to make my own decisions and be independent and just have that snippet, that glimpse of something more as a human as well, something more as a human. And then I, it got to really, like I was, like I said, when I got back to London and I, you know, was looking for a job and I was looking for a place, it wasn't really happening. It wasn't working. And then I fell into a depression because then my human side came back out. My human came up and was like, you can't do this. You failed, you failed, you failed down depression. And then there was a moment where it's like, do you choose a human life or do you choose a spiritual life? Isn't it really, I find that really interesting in your story because and I think this happens a lot. You're going to get to a point at at some time in the future, but the way you get there is going to be different. The process will look different. Yeah. It seems to me like you were you went overseas in pursuit of that kind of spiritual oneness, connectedness with life, yeah. and that was that's often what happens when you go overseas. You're yeah. having a new experience in a new place. Yeah, it's exciting. It's fun. And you're present new, because it's so present. new. You're oh, so present with everything I that's going every on. Day. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it's really powerful and it's really strong. So it seems like you went overseas in pursuit of that, and then it didn't work out, and you came home and you crashed. Yeah. And then it was through that crash that you got there. Mm. You actually got to that point that you wanted to get to by going overseas. And the funny thing is, if you hadn't have gone overseas, then you might not have actually gotten to that place. No, I'm very grateful for that. From It sounds really weird, but I'm so grateful for hitting rock bottom for that depression. I'm actually grateful for it because it made me see how beautiful life can be, how amazing my life can be, and the decisions that I make can influence and benefit me and those around me, and that I matter. I matter on this earth. 
I have a purpose. I have a role. I know they're really deep, full on, like (laughs) phrases, but that's that's what it was. But this—that's what's important, though. It's getting into that deeper connectedness with yourself and that awareness and that consciousness of your life. I didn't intend on all of that. Like I didn't intend on any of that to happen. It happened, and it was shown to me because I. I was at a point where I, it was, I was like, do I, do I this or do I that? And I asked the question and it, and the answer came to me. And I think that trust in that light, in that spirit, in whatever it was that was that told me, that's what birthed spirituality in me, not birthed it, but rebirthed it. Yeah. It lit up my world. I cracked open and I could finally see my potential. And then from that point on, what, what was the next step for you? What happened? What, what, how did your spiritual journey begin from that point? I went to see a counsellor. Um, that, came, that came about not easily. My mama my kept saying, go see a counsellor, go see a counsellor. You've got to talk to someone, you've got to talk to someone. And I didn't want to do it because I didn't want to be told to do it. I wanted to make the decision. Yeah. And every time I wanted to make the decision or I decide in the morning, this is what I want to, you know, I I know I should do it. I'm going to call them today. Mama would come in, call the counselor. And I'm like, no, I don't want to do that because you've told me. So if I do it, you're going to take credit for it, which is really weird. It was a really weird headspace. I wanted to do it myself because I knew, I knew that I could do it. I had a feeling, I was always told you can do anything. And it got to a point where I'm like, I felt when I was with, when I was talking to someone, and I was in that depression, that that sad state. I could feel a part of me, that depression part of me, like exude the sadness onto the person that I was talking to. I can't remember who it was that I was talking to, but I, it was like I could, was spreading depression. I was spreading sadness. I was spreading all this yuck stuff that was happening, and I made them sad right in front of me, and I freaked out. I'm like, oh my god, this is contagious. I don't like this is such a horrible state to be in. Why on earth am I staying here when I know that it, I've now experienced that it's contagious? I mean, it's like if, if you look at if you think about us as as energy fields, yeah. each of us has our own energy field, That's and it. that energy is contagious. That energy it passes from one person to another when you interact with them. With a, joyful when someone's laughing and you just can't help but yeah, laugh. You too. say that laugh is laughter is contagious. Just contagious and sadness contagious. Uh, it, contagious. Every interaction is a is an energy transference. Yeah. And no matter what emotion you're coming at it with, you transfer a little bit of that to the other person when you're interacting yeah. with them. So when you have an angry conversation with somebody yeah, and, it, and you get and really fired up, they get they really, get fired, really up. fired up. Yeah. And it, it, if you change your energy field, if you change the way that you are presenting yourself to them mm-hmm. and you become more calmer, it brings the, the, the whole mood down. It does. And I mean, you know, and like, a, like, because it was the lowest I've ever felt, the darkest I've ever experienced... Being having that put onto someone that I, I loved, I think it was someone close to me. I said, No, this is it. I've got to go see a counselor. I've got to figure this I cannot do this on my own. Someone needs to help me so I don't ooze. So, this like the droplets of depression <laughs> don't fall out of I'm me. I'm just so impressed though that from that, those pits, you were able to make that kind of decision mm-hmm. and be, be assertive. Yeah. Because from what I've from what you've told me and from what other people that I know have experienced similar emotions or similar states, mm. it's very hard to be assertive when you're in that. Oh, it was it was really hard. It was so hard, but also then it wasn't. When it's someone that you love that you're sitting in front of and you can see that your sadness is like, like coating them and then oozing into their skin and then making them sad, making them blue... You don't want that. It's just something I was I was raised with. Family is the the most important thing. We support each other. We love each other. Unconditional love. We are there for each other, no matter what, no matter what. Like it was that on before anything else, yeah. before work, before money, before anything. Family is number one. Yeah. So when that when that happens, that transfer that transference of energy, there was no way that I was going to let that happen. So I. St- took my took responsibility for myself for my depression i'm like you know what i got myself into this i can get myself out so then i went to see but i have to make the decision to choose how i'm going to do this i'm going to go and talk to a counselor because i actually can't do this on my own 
This is so, so hard. I'm actually getting tired just trying to hold it together, hold it in so it doesn't pour out. I didn't, I didn't want to let it, because when, even when I felt like I wanted to cry, I couldn't cry because that's letting it out. And then it might, you know, fall into my parents or yeah, fall give into it my, to somebody yeah, else. I don't want to give it to someone. So but I was holding it in. That's really common though, isn't it? The, the idea that when you're in that low state, when you're, when you're depressed, when you're really sad, really mm. blue, a lot of the times people I know they bottle it up because they don't they feel guilty about even the thought of opening up to somebody and giving that to them it's so scary yeah I think it re- it really happens at that subconscious level where it's like you don't want anyone to have it that's, why, it that's why people don't talk about it when they're in that state is it guilt is it shame as someone who's been in I, I haven't been there I can't really talk on it I mean uh, yeah, I, I understand not wanting to give it to somebody else from my point of view yeah. I guess it's like I, I don't want someone to worry about me but what is that? Like, is it, are you guilty? The idea that you might give someone else your dramas? Is it shame that you're in this position and you need help? Yeah, like, probably what both. is it? Yeah, it was, it was a mixture of both. Shame, um, blame for yourself. You're blaming yourself. You, you take on the responsibility to not think. And it's guilt. If you give it to someone, then you're going to feel guilty about letting it out. And that's going to live with you forever. Yeah. It's, yeah. Is it the thought that like you've, you individual, you as an individual got yourself into this mess and no one else needs to be dragged down with you into this mess. So it has to be you that gets yourself out. Yeah, you can stand up and lead in a way that... Is that why you don't ask for help though? Because it's it shouldn't be for anyone else to yeah, feel this I find you? it. I find it really hard to ask for help. You know that. I actually do think that might have been a big part to play in the way I am now in terms of not asking for help. I'm getting better when I... I, th- I think I am because I'm consciously aware that I'm not asking for help when I need it. So I'm like, okay, you know, and that's for me, that's a step forward because usually I would refuse help and I'd be like, how can I do this on my own? Whereas now I'm so consciously aware that I'm thinking that and I'm like, just ask for help. It's okay. You need help. It's fine. Look, you, you can't do this alone. I know with, with, you and you, you touched on it really briefly just before um, that you're not a massive fan of asking for help. I know when you when you said that your, your mum was telling you to go and see a counsellor, you didn't want to do it because you were being yeah. told to go do it. Because it seems to me with you, and I don't know if there's been some element of your of growing up for you, there's some trauma there that f- causes this to happen. Mm-hmm. But it's like when you ask for help or when you allow someone else to tell you what to do when you, you do what you've been told it's like that person reserves the right then to take credit for whatever the outcome is of have, that help yeah or of that action that you've taken mm-hmm. because you've been directed to take that action 100 percent. do you know where that comes from because that is that is one of the, <laughs> that it is it's hard for me to because yeah. I, I see you struggling yeah and uh, i, I guaranteed wanna... it was something a trauma guaranteed it's something that happened but i reckon it was so far back that i don't have memory of it it was just something that i guess it was and i keep bringing it up but it is being the youngest was really hard and being the youngest of six as well and the age gap like there were a lot of older people that knew more than me so that might have had an influence on every time i did ask for help oh in a minute in a minute in a minute like that could have been um and this isn't putting blame on anyone. This is just the... It's just the experience It's just the had. experience I had. And it was just the result of me being the youngest. You know, when you're older and you're having a, maybe a adult conversation with your older sibling or with your oldest son or oldest daughter and your little one is being mama, mama or tato, tato or please help me, you know, it, it might have just been more important. Than what I needed. I probably was just trying to get attention. I was probably, um, can you look at this picture that I drew? Or it, w- it might not have even been a huge thing. Maybe that had something to do so with it. So I might have shaped you to so be it, more independent. So I'm like, well, I okay, well, if I can't get help, then maybe I just do it myself. Maybe. That's, I just, I've never really thought about that. But now that we're talking about it, it's, yeah. It could be. It's just really interesting. Yeah. It's definitely Cause it's annoying knows. for me. It's so <laughs> annoying because I'm like, why don't you just, because I, I, I'm determined when I think of a project, even my course, all I needed was to ask someone, just ask you for an opinion. And I, I did. I remember asking you because I was breaking through that. I was really trying to tap into asking for help 
where I'm like, okay, maybe I can ask, maybe I can ask Logan if he can look at this and see if it's a good idea. Because I can tell what your ego, what your ego does at that point though. If I, if you ask for help or if I give you an opinion, I can see your ego ticking around in there going, how do I make this And now the idea is his. (laughs) Yeah. And now what I'm working on isn't mine because he's had this input and that's just overshadowed me. Yeah, because I usually have to change it so much that it, it, it's mine. So I have to make it, I have to transform it and adapt it into something. So you give me an idea and I don't use that exact idea. I have to manipulate it somehow to make it my own so it doesn't seem like it's yours. Yeah. <laughs> that's lot, isn't it? You're such it? an enigma. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, it's just one of the very um, interesting things that one of the interesting characteristics about you at the moment. And I know that you're trying, you do try and work through it. I know, like, I can feel that I'm working on it because when that feeling comes up, like, I ask, I now have how many, how many mentors that I look up to. So there's this my spiritual mentor, and then there's my doTERRA mentor. And I ask for help now. You do. And that's huge for me. But I also know where I'm asking it because that's where I need it. So if I need something spiritual, I'll go to my spiritual mentor. If I need something about business or some sort of motivation or thing, I go to my doTERRA. Because that's a big thing, isn't it? When you know, when you're aware of what you actually need help with, is then. You go to the right person. Aware of who the right person is. That's it. I think I'm very conscious of that because I don't want to ask, what's the point of asking someone something that you know they don't know the answer to? I'm not going to ask you about paint. Because I know you have nothing. Like I'm like, okay, what do you think I should do in terms of how do I get how do I how do I get the color purple? But this kind of purple with you're not gonna have you're gonna have no idea what I'm talking about. I just sit there speculating on what tones of like red and blue, red and blue make purple. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) There we go. There we go. This is why I don't ask you about paint. Oh, there is when you when you have a specific problem, you don't just go to a a vague person for. And I think that's. I knew that my maybe I maybe I knew that my family just couldn't give me some that the answer that I wanted, and that's not not on them, but it's just maybe there was something that I was looking for. I was already seeking it, and and, then, and so you went to the counselor. Yeah. So this you're getting back now. Yeah. Getting back, back to our original story. So then you went to the counselor. I went to the counselor, and we started kind of because I asked her I'm like, why is this happening to me? I don't understand why I'm feeling this. What what is it that's caused this? Because I had no idea what, what what was happening. I just knew that something wasn't right. I was also fascinated in the process. I'm like, I want to learn about this this thing that I'm experiencing. That's another thing that kind of the depression. Changed, the depression. I changed my perceptions. I was looking at it and experiencing it. It was kind of like an experiment. Look, it's amazing how that can change your actions. Anyway, we talked about that. We took, she we went into my history and a lot of it. I learned. Being the youngest did actually affect me. It's just my journey, and I love it. I, I don't feel like I, I don't want another life. I don't I don't want another history. I loved my history. Yeah. I love that I am where I am now because that shaped me. So there's no knock on you know, being the youngest. If you go down like a, a getting into the the spiritual kind of rabbit hole on yeah. that, is that you're born the way like I, I sort of look at it, and we were talking about this yesterday mm. when you are born you're born into a particular situation yeah, you you're born your into spe- specific circumstances yep. you're born with mm. specific traits i believe that yeah if you didn't have those if you didn't have skills and wants ambition desires if you didn't have if, if, if you weren't born into a certain situation i think it would just be a, an overload of information of where do I go from here? What do I do? What's the you're point not guided of life? by anything? You don't have a blueprint. You don't have a human blueprint to follow. So when you're born, exactly, it's like you are provided. You're you're yeah. divinely provided for with, with this blueprint. And and talents, with, yeah, this is my this you. is my God given talent, uh-huh. as they say. I'm the youngest of six. This is the position I'm in. I'm part How of can a, I use this? a Ukrainian family that had, was displaced a few generations before. You know, this is what I have become born into. Yeah. And this is who I am. And it was so much fun, though. Like, there was always something happening. Every day, every weekend, we always had a party. 
there was always a gathering of some sort. It was a fun, like we had a, I had a really fun upbringing. Yeah. Oh no, no doubt. I'm yeah. just saying it's, it's full on. It's yeah. not, it's not something that somebody's fault that you're the youngest of six no. and this is the experience you no. had. I, this is just the experience you were born into having. Yeah. And it's, and it's what your soul you must have, have needed for that. in order to grow through mm. the hardship of really? being in that position. It was something that you needed to learn. Mm. And I think you, I think you obviously have. Well, I'm learning you're it. You're aware and you're learning about yeah. it. I learn something every day, especially at, during these times now, because it's such a very. I reflect a lot on where I've been, how I've been previously, and where I want to be. When I saw the counselor, I I learned a little bit about a little bit more about my history and where I've come from, and that you know she kind of helped me feel okay about it. She said, it's, you know, this is all, like she explained to me, it's, it's fine. This is just your story. Own it. And that's what I decided to do. She dropped little seeds about mindfulness. I didn't really get into it. I love the idea of it, but it was pretty hard to get into. The spirituality and mindfulness are linked. Yeah. Right? The mindfulness is, uh, yeah, I'd say it's a very, con- just being conscious and aware. Mindfulness is just in being aware of what you're doing in a, a particular time even just right now i'm very present talking to you sitting at this table touching the table it's very mindful conscious to me that's what it is i mean there's a lot of everyone has their own interpretation that's beautiful we need to have our interpretation so so it helps us i then i think it was probably a year later then i started to delve a little bit further into mindfulness and what it meant then i started yoga i started running like full pelt I remember that was my cracking open even more. So I cracked open, but not fully when I, you know, when that choice of life was. So I kept, I had to keep cracking it. It doesn't, you got to do the rest of the work. You know, you're the one who has to push through breaking the shell around you. So I followed that. I got connected. I started, I closed my eyes one day and started meditating. And what I saw was that vision my first vision was flying with my angel. Another vision was experiencing my angel right in front of me, holding my hand, saying that it's okay. And I, they wouldn't have come to me had I not been open. So powerful. And that I was ready. It was so powerful. How long were you meditating before you started having those kind of those visions? Not very long. It was like just it was a surrender more than complete anything. Complete surrender. I was really searching for something that would transform me as who I knew to be. Because it's, it's, it's really interesting because now when you try and meditate, you don't get that level of connectedness that you once had. No. And it's, it seems to me, it's like you, because you've come from that place of full open, full connectedness because you, I think you were just <laughs> at that expectations moment. expectations now of my meditations. And yeah. when I don't get there, it's frustrating. Because you had that, you were in that place of, you had nothing to lose. So it was, it was, your option was either keep going down this path that you already decided against, which left the only real option to just surrender and allow yourself to be one with your life and your experience. And just let things happen and move through them. And it was, it was through that openness and that surrender and connectedness that it seems like your meditation was the most powerful. But unfortunately for you now, when you stop, when you stop meditating eventually and you came out of that point and when you try and get back into it now, like you just said, you have an expectation of what your meditation is going to be like mm. and that very egoic <laughs> block yeah. stops you from being able to connect again on that level oh yeah my ego is really loud when i meditate when i close my eyes the thoughts 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 distractions 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 what's that noise what's that thought follow it follow the thought follow the thought like it is <laughs> it's freaking out that's the whole idea <laughs> that you are a spiritual being that's experiencing a human existence mm. and as such, the thoughts are part and parcel of that experience. That you, as a as a spiritual being, as a soul on this in this physical realm, mm. we perceive with our human senses. You're experiencing everything that comes with that human. I think because what we're going through now is so potent, so real, and heavy, and life threatening. In a way, like our livelihoods have been taken away from us, our freedom, 
separation, separation from family and friends. Family. There are really, there's a lot of real things happening right now that it's really hard to connect to your spirit realm and be hopeful because there is no, there is no date on a calendar that promises freedom. And so how on earth can we have hope? How on earth can I have hope that I'm going to get out of this? It, it's a, it's a heavy feeling. Just to but show the importance of autonomy when it comes to your own spiritual, yeah. psychological, social health. Yeah. Like I'll, I'll sit there and meditate, but <laughs> I feel like I get nowhere because I'm just literally just listening to my thoughts and reliving what I'm experiencing in my real world, in the human world. And I'm trying, like I, I get so desperate. I create my own world inside my head just to go to, to feel safe. And that helps me though. I, I create the landscape, the space, so that I know that it's safe there and I can allow things to happen there. And when I move into that space, you know, whether it be a cave with a waterfall and like water so crystal clear and healing that I can just go under and not hear anything. When I'm in that space, that's what's really, that's actually helped me during this time because I've forgotten about my my real world and I'm not waiting for anything. I'm just experiencing that that's happening in my spirit realm. Is that the only real technique that you've used to help you get through this tough time? Or No, but that's probably been the most helpful. How is, how is your spirituality and your, your spiritual beliefs and your mindful practice, how has that guided you through the last year? Well, you know, it's been pretty rocky. I've tried doing, I've tried doing yoga consistently. Doesn't, I I get on a high and then it just gets harder, just like anything with practice. I I lost faith actually. I even though I was trying and I was calling out for my angels to help me guide me, I was desperate and I couldn't connect and it was tough. But I persisted. I think me not giving up on my angels because when i said you know what they're they're gone i've lost faith and i cried oh you know that i was with you and i said i have lost complete faith and i was more angry and more upset in myself than my angels because my angels were there i knew that but in my desperation it was my it was my fault because i had lost hope i had lost faith in something that was there for me I just want to ask, because I know you had a religious upbringing mm. and you talk now about losing faith and you talk about your angels and the importance that angels play in your life. What about God to you? The My definition of God has definitely changed. So growing up, I genuinely thought it was a massive being, big guy up in the sky above the clouds. Bald guy, white beard. Yeah. No, long, long white hair. Oh, long white hair. Yeah. Okay. A big guy, mustache, beard, long, majestic. It was kind of creepy though when you started getting older and you're looking up and you're like, it's a bit weird that someone's watching me like that. (laughs) Through my experience of understanding myself, cracking open and experiencing something a little bit more, it became something, it became love. It became that energetic, that joyous, that pure joy energy that pure conscious energy that's happening and what I feel in the day. Everything that is around us, everything that we can and cannot see, it changed to being something that was working for me, but I also had, I was part of that energy. So so it's like opening up to your spirituality helped you better comprehend what religion was to you yeah and what role religion plays yeah i know for me i i did not grow up (laughs) with a religion in a religious household at all spiritual like i said yeah crystals angels spirit guides spirit connectedness Mm -hmm. that was all there i loved it. it was great it was fantastic but there was zero element of religion if anything religion was frowned upon um, and I had that belief for a very long time. And what changed that? Well, I moved in with your family mm-hmm. for that six or eight months. 
uh, that really opened my eyes up to what religion was and what going to church was. Um, but also even deeper than that was when I was going through that phase of self-reflection, learning about my spirituality and what it meant to me and what my views on God were and how I viewed that spiritual realm, mm. that consciousness beyond the veil that we don't perceive with our human senses. Yeah. So we're going to church and your mum described this to me. It was beautiful. And I really, it resonated with me because mm. I hadn't thought of it like that. I'd, I'd always sort of thought of church as this place where people go and just listen to some blokes on a, on a podium just preaching out all this crap. Yeah. And it's like, how can, how can these people sit there and like for that period of time and just listen to this blah, blah nonsense, how boring. <laughs> but your mum explained it to me that it's, it's a community. Mm. It's a group of people that come together with the, with the, the same belief system, the same values. And it's connecting over that shared experience, that shared faith. And I was like, well, that's really powerful. It's actually really powerful. And it it totally changed my whole view on church. It opened me up a lot more to the more fundamental spiritual nature of religion. Mm. And even reading bits from the Bible and hearing Bible stories and using what I'm learning about spirituality and relating that to the Bible stories and going, they're pretty much the same thing. What it's what I realized was that spirituality seemed like the, the, the framework of religion. To me, that's what, how I perceived it. That spirituality provided the lessons and religion took it and organized those lessons. So that anyone that wanted to learn those lessons and follow that path could join a religion and become part of it, part of that community. And that framework for living a fulfilling life and living a morally virtuous path, living a morally virtuous life, you could just go there and it was provided for you. Mm. But spirituality to me was the, is the unique, it's the individual journey journey of the person it's not a group spirituality is not about a group thing it's very personal it's a personal how you apply those principles to your life that's what it is and i it really resonated with me and it really when i was looking into that learning about it Mm. it helped me reflect better it helped me be more accountable and conscious of the decisions i was making and the path that i was going down and it really deepened my whole experience Changed my views on God because I'm the same. Mm. You know, you, you think about religion, you think about God as this big guy up in the sky, mm. which is really weird. It's how it's betrayed, though. Yeah. God is well, watching. Because I say Him, 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 Thank Father, you. agenda, and like if a you, position. I understand it now, yeah. you know, but because the way really I view hard. God now, because I'm not so angel focused as what you are, doesn't mean I don't believe in angels. Mm. I I view God to be the universal consciousness, yeah. this infinite life energy this life source from which everything that we perceive emanates from and exists because of we are the flame (laughs) and the the log that fuels the flame is god were it not for this life energy Mm. we would not be and we feel connected because our soul is our own personal extension of that life energy and through that deeper layer, we are connected to everyone and everything in existence. I agree. And that, to me, is what spirituality ultimately is. Mm. It's an awareness of that connection. It's your own experience, though. If you, you can't really understand something until you've experienced it. And that's not to say that you can't understand it, but you can only understand it so much. I don't, when people say I don't understand depression, you know, so I don't get it and whatever, I'm like, you don't want to. Yeah. What it, how, whatever your understanding of it is now, from your perspective, then that's, that's perfect. If you want to delve a bit deeper and try to understand it, that's fine too. I like that you haven't experienced it because I don't know what it's like to be a witness. I mean, I do because my friend... My friend has had depression for ages and I didn't, this was before I experienced it. 
and she was explaining it to me but I didn't really didn't really sink in that it was that bad but when I experienced it I was like fuck did I manifest this I didn't I didn't want to experience this I do not wish depression upon anyone like that's how that's how horrifying it is and it's so scary because people that think it's selfish to take your life when you've hit depression it's like a yes and no but you cannot possibly judge someone making that decision because you don't know what is happening in that moment for them something might have called them to do that maybe not maybe it was selfish but you can't blame that person put that on them to destroy your soul to feel whatever it is you're feeling it's a very like egoic point of view to take it's a very judgmental position to have and it's it's understandable if you're looking at that person from your perspective from your point of view and the decision that they made you wouldn't have made that decision Mm -hmm. so you judge them for that that's it but you've got to be it's about transcending that human perspective looking at the decision that they've made because then that's your that's you then that's your purpose that's your role that's your lesson to work through that because that's how i i overcame a lot of strong judgment of people around me because i look at people and the decisions they make as the product of everything they've experienced up until that point in time because to me i'm the product of everything of 25 years of my experience Mm -hmm. and my perceptions and so I make the decisions that I make now and in order to fuel those decisions I draw upon what I've experienced and what I have found to be true for me Mm. at this moment in time and so when I I look at someone make a decision that I disagree with I have to also respect that they are the product of their history and that allows me to separate my feelings for them as a person and allow me to respect that they have their autonomy and I'm not going to judge the decisions that they've made because I don't know what they have learnt yeah. and where they've come from. And what their lessons are. In order to do what they've just done. Yeah. And because we are connected, I believe, mm-hmm. through that deep layer, we are one and the same fundamentally. What separates us is our human experience. That's it. And that's okay. And we can. Con- I actually think it's, it's really beautiful that we experience something different because we learn from each other. I now seek to learn from people and I want to ask people more questions now that I have a better understanding of me and how I am the product of my experience. I now want, like, even getting into counselling, I was like, why am I so curious about it? It's because I have a better understanding of my life and how I got to the point of depression. I want to maybe try help someone to maybe not get there. Or even understand how it was they got there in the first place yeah. too and help them get back Being that like, autonomy. This is, yeah, this is why. And it's okay. You're still safe. It's just an experience. It's not something that is happening to you. Yeah. It's for you. Do you think as someone who's been there, do you, uh, do you think a big part of depression, anxiety, a lot of the uh, sadness, guilt, shame, whatever, do, do you think that those emotions are fueled a lot by the perception of you losing your autonomy you've lost the ability to control what's going on in your life it's the feeling of losing my autonomy it's like it's me thinking that i can't do it you've got no control over your situation yeah it's your ego your ego tells you that there's a lot of there's a lot of conversations that happen in your head that when the ego knows that you're weak yeah. And you're listening to it because you're so you're so desperate. You'll believe anything. And when you say weak, you mean you are just overcome. You're not strong enough to be able to you see can't. that you're being lied to by your you have not, human you believe, ego. Yeah, you just you, your physical body is exhausted, strained. I was in bed for weeks. You can't get up. It's you, and it's it's a scary feeling because you're like I cannot move my body. I'm paralyzed. So all you have is your thoughts. All you have is your head. You don't, and you, you don't have the energy to watch a movie. You don't have an energy to, to read a book. You don't have energy to get information from elsewhere. But you also don't want to talk to anyone. 
which is an, another scary thing because you there's a voice inside and it's your voice so you think it's you or you manipulate it so it's or yeah. it manipulates itself to sound like you or something special that's in your head so that you think it is you so that's then you think that. it's you like you are not your thoughts yeah your thoughts are happening and you're watching your thoughts just like you'd watch a movie, <laughs> movie. or a tv show yeah but you are not your thoughts, just like you are not the movie or the TV show. Mm-hmm. But there is a conflation often with your own spiritual identity, you as a as a being. Yeah. There's something with... always trying to get through. There's always the spirit part of you that's trying to get a message. And it, looking back, there were so many thoughts that I should have listened to. There, I should have been looking messages. at messages. Yeah. There's so many things that were happening. It was like you could see the light in the background. But it's a twinkle, so you're not sure if you saw it or not. And it's, it's, it's clouded out by the, the smoke or the fog. The fog. Yeah. It's very, um, it's, it's very interesting. I think that... I don't... I don't but also, I, that's my experience. Yeah. Everyone has their own experience. For me, that's what it was. Because my autonomy was being challenged. My independence. My... It, but we can relate that to where we are right now, though. Yeah. Like the, the, well, the, that's why I think I've been triggered. My autonomy has been taken away. There is. There's a genuine... Our external autonomy has been taken away from us with no say on our part. You can't do anything. You just have to be like, oh, okay. Yeah. You can't open your business. You can't open... You can't go out. You can't do... Like, that's been taken away from you. It's a big part of our lives. It's, it's not our ego. Our souls can't handle not being with each other. When my parents came to see us on last week, they got an exemption from the doctor because I was really struggling and they were really struggling. When they came, there is no words to describe what that was. All I know is that it was a very, very spiritual and soulful experience. It was a massive, it was a, you get used to having low energy, like you, 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 you energy, not your like energy that you burn like just yeah, human practice it's the it's the the soulful energy that you got so used to not having a transference you got used to my energy you got used to the dog's energy yeah. and the energy of the place that you were in yeah. you got used to that and then as soon as you experienced a new energy or not a new energy necessarily but a different legend. energy yeah. come in and into your After space so and have a exchange for hours of energy the next day, your human body and your your mind, your, everything was exhausted. What the hell was that? Is what it was saying. I don't remember that. It's gotten to five months, and my body cannot remember that feeling of pure connected joy from my parents, from people that I love. Just that love connection, like, and that's really that scares me for when we are gonna move out of this. And so go really back to, it is going to be so overwhelming. And I do want to make the point that it is going to be hard. Don't freak out. Take care of yourself. Breathe, rest. Go out, meet the people that you need to meet. Go home, rest, take a breath because it's a practice. I want to encourage rest days when we after we do see people, when we go out. Take a breath, take a break, sit with yourself, just... Notice what's going on because there is a shift in emotion. There's a shift in your body because we haven't been, we haven't communicated and connected for so long. It's very overwhelming. It's, it's going to be very overwhelming. I, I, I worry for that overwhelm that it's going to leave myself. Mm. It's going to leave you. And I'm sure others have experienced too. It's going to leave us feeling run down. And it's going to actually leave us open to physical illness. It's going to actually leave our bodies exposed or vulnerable it's a trauma. to a virus or to some kind of illness, some yeah. kind of sickness, well, to just it, take advantage. Because our body's getting our immune system back as well. That would well, be another thing. Because if you look at our, our human immune system and how that functions, yeah, it's going to be, that's going to be overloaded. Mm. But our spiritual energy is going to be overloaded because all of a sudden, like I said, we've gone from being accustomed to a certain level of you know, interaction to being overloaded with everything. I worry that we've gotten we'll get too accustomed to this new way of socializing and this new way of um existing stuff, yeah. yeah i really hope it doesn't go that way I, i'm, I af- really I'm afraid that it will become less about restrictions being imposed on us and more about it becoming 
social convention that we continue to go forth without the the government authority over us we continue to go forth and consciously ourselves continue on the social distancing continue looking mistrustfully at everyone that we don't know as potentially carrying some deadly disease that's going to kill us Mm. or we will pass on to someone else and it will kill them it's i'm afraid of how our social interaction is going to change and not for the better it's going to it, it will push us further apart because we don't need that if anything at the moment we need to be able to come together yeah we need to be able to hug and feel each other's energy yeah again I can't tell you, like, I couldn't stop hugging Mama because her, and I needed her energy. Yeah. You know, it's, you just want to be close to that because it's your body, like, because she's my mother, I, I remember her energy. You know, I was born, I was inside her. So I know how, you know, she's nurtured me from day dot. So my her energy was huge for me. It's probably the hardest thing, seeing your parents after this. You, you feel their energy. You've, there's something there that happens. It's that familiarity too. Yeah. yeah. If it, even the first time that I saw someone that I kn- I knew, like one of my friends, it was so strange. It was strange seeing them right in front of me and not on a screen. It was a weird, such a weird feeling. Yeah. And me, like, because I haven't socialised for how many months, you know, at least you've gone to work and you get to see and, co- yeah. and communicate with people. It, it's, <laughs> it's shit. Yeah. It's shit, and it's soul-sucking. It is. And it's, the next day, you wake up, run down, and exhausted. Exhausted. It's not natural. It's not It's not a good thing. You could do anything the next day. My it's... mom felt the same. My dad was just like, oh, my God, we've been sleeping. We woke up at 10, 10 o'clock because, you know, our, you need it, but, oh, my God. It's, just, it's so yeah, unfamiliar. It's something we need to be able to get back into yeah. as soon as we can, as soon as it's possible so that we can get reacquainted, readjusted. To connection, to connection again. So I'm I'm optimistic that our innate our spiritual drives, our desire for connection, will override these human constraints that are that that we possibly could put on ourselves. Mm. I'm I'm optimistic that we will be able to get past that and resume that strong social bond. And hopefully, I'm also optimistic about this. Hopefully, we'll be stronger than before. Yeah. Because we took it for granted. It was taken away from us. That's what I hope. And I'm optimistic that we will be able to overcome that and come out stronger. And, and more appreciative. Yeah, exactly. Appreciate everything. People more. I remember when I was working at, at the cafe, seeing hundreds of people a day. I came home like, I do not want to talk to one more person. I am so sick of talking. I would do anything yeah. <laughs> to, to talk to that many people again. Yeah, absolutely. I, I totally agree. So it, it's really hard, and but we've been able to bolster ourselves with our beliefs. Yeah, and it's so in depth. It's such a it's such a hard topic to really get into, and I think even even it's even not hard here, to get into, but it's it's hard to it's hard to do it justice. But what I did before, there were some days before I saw my parents, I closed my eyes and I visualized what it'd be like to hug my parents. And it was, I became very overwhelmed and started crying because I visualized everything. I visualized at the bottom of the stairs and the car door opening and me jumping in and just hugging my mom. And to be honest, it was like the same feeling. It was just that sense. Like when you, when you physically were there doing it. Yeah. But when I put that visual in my head and I saw my mom and I grabbed her and I saw my dad and I grabbed him that overwhelming connected feeling it happened in me i could feel it when i when they weren't even here yeah that's the power that's another like power the power of meditation and visualization visualization not meditation the power of visualization can help us maybe that's what we should do visualize the people that we want to see so then we can become acquainted that could be a good way to train our bodies Begin to train, yeah. Just to get us feel that, just to. feel that motion. Because if you see, you might, I don't know, I don't know what I would have done if I had it, had I not even felt that. I would have collapsed. I hadn't prepared yourself. Hadn't prepared myself. Yeah. 
it's so there's so much involved and I, I think i would really like to in future episodes continue to go into this because it is such I a f- will yeah i think yeah. it's such a fundamental aspect of who we are mm-hmm. and what we've come to believe and how we see ourselves going forward that it's not something that you can just have one episode and and have it done it's a good way it, it's been a good episode i think to just start to talk about this and open up on our mm. thoughts and ideas about how all this is connected and how we can make the most of this situation because that's what it's ultimately it's about topic. it's about helping ourselves and helping anyone and being community being connected with each other again even just better understanding a little bit of what spirituality has been to us and yeah. maybe it, it might plant a seed for someone being like yeah, i actually haven't thought about it because it is a big part it is a huge mm. has a huge role to play in our lives and uh, it's a message that i would i love being able to convey yeah absolutely I think we'll leave it there. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd, like I said, I'd definitely love to continue to talk about this in future episodes, mm-hmm. but it's a lot. It's heavy. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting really tired. And um, How fun is that? Yeah, we will definitely look forward to talking more about this topic uh, in future episodes. Thanks, honey. Thanks, honey. Thanks for sharing your time with us. We hope you enjoyed the episode. If you have any thoughts regarding the conversation today or just want to get in touch and share a little of your experience with us, we would love to hear from you. You can find us on Instagram at Logan and Yuja or send us an email at loganandyuja at gmail.com. We will put the details in the show notes. Thanks for listening and until next time, with infinite love.